0: Welcome to Abide's sleep meditations. I'm Tyler Boss. Today's meditation is sponsored by faithfulcounseling.com, where they combine biblical wisdom with clinical expertise in mental health. Faithful counseling can bring God's healing to you. Just go to faithfulcounseling.com/abide. Remember, you can listen to all our sleep stories by downloading Abide from the App Store. Now, relax your mind and body as we hear tonight's sleep story hello and welcome to this abide bedtime story where tonight we will visit elijah's cave and marvel at the way god spoke to the troubled prophet and eased his anxiety in a most unexpected way i'm brian here to help you drift off into a peaceful slumber nestled in the comforting words of our lord god in heaven words spoken in his still small voice as god's children we all want to hear our father's voice so that he may comfort us and guide us as only he can but often we can't hear him it's not that god is not speaking he is it's that we are not listening or not listening in the right way tonight we attune our ears our spiritual ears to hear our Father God's soothing and holy voice now relax truly relax Close your eyes, let your heavy eyelids slide shut over your tired eyes, sink deeply into your bed, let your pillow cushion your weary head, let your mattress absorb all the strain of your exhausted body, let your mind drift into a place that is free from the day's busyness and concerns and distractions a place of quiet and calm in just a moment i'm going to ask you to breathe in deeply when you do i want you to hold it in for a few seconds then when you slowly exhale, you will feel your anxiety and tension flow out of your body with the air. Ready? Close your eyes now and take a deep breath. In, in, and hold it. Exhale, slowly. Feel your tension leave your body. Feel your anxiety evaporate. Very good. Now, do it again. Close your eyes. Pull in a deep breath. Now hold it. Breathe out, slowly, and with it, all your tension, all your anxiety. Out they go, from the tips of your toes to the top of your head, from your fingers to your chest, all worry, all concern, gone, gone, gone. Father God, you know how much this precious child needs tonight's sleep. I ask that you brush your gentle fingertips over their eyelids. Make them heavy. Keep them closed for the duration of the night. Lord, immerse your beloved servant in peaceful slumber. Be in their pleasant dreams. Fill them with the knowledge that your plans and purposes for their day tomorrow will be accomplished. Because you are with them, always. Father God, I especially ask that you quiet any restlessness within them. Calm their souls. And give them ears to hear your still, small voice. In the awesome and holy name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Can you hear it? Can you hear God's voice? Can you hear it speaking blessings, wisdom, guidance, promises, assurances, speaking love into your life? If you're anything like me, like most people, the honest answer is, how can I? The world around us is loud. And chaotic a cacophony of distressed voices noisy gongs clanging cymbals surely God must raise his voice to the decibel of booming thunder to be heard over so much commotion right is he has he how can we discern God's voice and prevent it from becoming lost among all that noise to help solve this dilemma come with me to a very special place a holy place i'm going to ask you now to keep your eyes closed but see see with your mind's eye a mountain rising before you You see how tall it is, how rocky and hard. You look around for something green, something living, but find nothing. It's a mountain of solid rock, rough and jagged, seemingly composed of all sharp angles and jutting formations. It appears to have been hacked into existence even so you feel a pleasant warmth welling in your chest spreading through your body you realize this overwhelming feeling is joy and you smile you can't help it something about this mountain so solid and impenetrable just feels right its human nature is what mountains are meant to be psalm 95 says in his hand are the depths of the earth the heights of the mountains are his also the sea is his for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. The majestic peak before you now could have been on King David's mind when he wrote those lines. On his mind not only because of its brightness, but also because this chiseled mountain of stone is no ordinary mountain. This is Jabal Musa, also known as Mount Horeb and Mount Sinai. This is where God spoke to Moses through a burning bush and gave him the Ten Commandments. But you're not here now for Moses' story. No, this mountain has another story to tell one about God's special relationship with His people, with you, and His intimate way of addressing your heart. This story is waiting for you in a cave near the peak. So you start to climb. At first, your legs slide out from under you on micro avalanches of gravel, and shale, but you soon learn to angle your feet and dig them in, and your ascent speeds up. You notice a fortress-like structure off to your right. That's St. Catherine's Monastery, built in the 6th century to honor and protect Jabal Musa. Its stone walls are almost the same sun-baked colors of the mountain. Hues of beige and brown, orange and red. A long building forms its rear wall. In the center rises a tower, capped by a golden dome, off which the dimming daylight glints. How perfect! a glittering gem among the rough-hewn rock like father god's greatest gift to us his son jesus christ a gleaming beacon amidst all creation your feet kick up plums of okra dust along with a fragrance earthy and ancient you catch the faint hint of salt in the air, carried to you from the Mediterranean, many miles away. Something else, too, so subtle, you're not sure it's real. The tang of musky sage, akin to freshly cut grass. And now you notice a few shrubs sprouting from the cracks in the stony earth, mere smudges of olive green against shades of rock. The climb grows steeper, and you use your hands to maintain your momentum. The stone feels solid and satisfying. The way the mountain looked when it was only in your vision Not also in your grasp your muscles should be aching but they're not you're too excited to be here on God's Mountain rushing to claim that story an evening breeze cools your skin and you notice the sunset stained sky the peak now so close appears to be a blaze throwing orange then red then purple across the heavens you push on and soon you see it just a few more steps up the ledge on which moses stood when the lord god made his goodness to pass before him god said to moses Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. You feel a deep sense of reverence, humility, and respect, so you remove your shoes before stepping onto the ledge. And there it is, carved into the cliffside, Elijah's cave. As you approach, rough stone and grains of sand graze the bottoms of your feet. It's not uncomfortable, but a reminder of the godly men who stood here before you. Men so esteemed in heaven, they came to Jesus during his transfiguration. Matthew 17 describes it and after six days jesus took with him peter and james and john his brother and led them up a high mountain by themselves he was transfigured before them and his face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light and behold there appeared to them moses and Elijah talking with him. You enter the cave. It's a bit chilly, and somewhere water drips and echoes. Now, as you ponder the yearning to hear God's voice, the anxiety and commotion that drew you here, another concern scratches at your mind. Here in this cave of Elijah, Elijah, do you belong? Are you worthy? Fret not, dear one, for Elijah himself shared your anguish, your confusion. Just as you hang your head in despair, so did he just as you seek god's loving kindness and comforting caress so did he and so now the story you came to hear father god open our ears to your wisdom touch the heart of your beloved child that they will come to better understand you through this story through your intimate relationship with Elijah, and through your Holy Spirit. Amen. Now then, Elijah was a great man of God during wicked times. Under the reign of King Ahab and his queen, Jezebel, the Israelites turned from the one true God and began worshipping the pagan god Baal. Furious, Elijah challenged the 450 prophets of Baal to a kind of duel. Whichever God consumed a sacrificial offering must be the one true God. And only he deserved the Israelites' worship and praise. All day, Baal's prophets cried out, and begged their god to set flame to their offering but baal never did then it was elijah's turn he drenched his offering in water and filled a moat around it he called out to god and god came our lord sent a stream of fire from the sky that utterly consumed not only the offering but all the water and even the stone altar can't you just feel the heat of that streaming blaze see its blinding fire through your squinting eyes hear its whoosh smell the burning ozone that is if any of your senses could possibly cut through the sheer awesomeness of witnessing this divine miracle. What a powerful display of God's might and love. Love because he had revealed himself to the Israelites, that they might return to him, to his protection and care. But while some of them did, Many did not. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Oh, how well this verse describes those Israelites who so stubbornly ignored God's fire from heaven on Mount Carmel. And you might think, Jezebel would be stunned into curbing her persecution of the one true God's prophets. Sadly, no. True to Jeremiah 17.9, she issued an order to hunt down Elijah and kill him. Can you imagine Elijah's frustration and despair at such obstinate people? It must have been like a heavy, wet blanket on his spirit. Encumbered by this weight, Elijah fled Mount Carmel to this very cave on Mount Horeb, in which you now sit. And yes, this great man of God, who had fearlessly faced down Baal's prophets and who had called upon the Lord to send fire from heaven, had lost hope. His soul had been laid low by the Israelites' response to God's miracle. He felt defeated, but all his efforts were pointless, all in vain. Oh, dear child, aren't these at the heart of our heaviness, the ill responses of people around us, and feeling that our hard work produces too little. But rejoice. I will say it again. Rejoice. That God's mighty prophets, all of them, experienced these times of hopelessness and despair. As we do, their occasional weakness proves that they were mere humans. As we are, It is only God's strength that made them mighty, as His strength can make us mighty if we cry out to Him. And that is what Elijah did. He cried out to God in despair. Now, listen carefully to how the Lord answered him. God told Elijah, Go out and stand on the mountain, before the Lord as soon as he did hurricane winds blew over the mountain winds more powerful than Elijah or anyone had seen before or since but the Lord was not in the wind then the mountain began trembling a great earthquake shook and cracked the spires on stony ground, rumbling, rumbling. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And then came fire. Lightning filled the sky, more and more, until the very air crackled and burned. But the Lord was not in the fire. The wind had died, the rumbling had ceased, the fire had vanished, and there was dead calm. Only silence. Then, out of the silence, seemingly formed from the silence, came God's still small voice in hebrew first 1 kings 1912 reads a voice of gentle silence elijah covered his face and bowed his head what the mighty wind could not do nor the mountain shaking earthquake nor the blazing fire god's quiet voice did It touched Elijah's heart. For my sweet one, this is how God communicates with his beloved children. Gently, compassionately, lovingly, he whispers as a parent breathes loving assurances and promises onto the forehead of their sleeping child. God spoke renewed purpose into Elijah's life, restoring his hope and passion. But what he said is less important here than how he said it. What joy it is that our Creator God desires to speak to us and yearns for us to listen. In Isaiah 55.3, he says, Incline your ear and come to me hear that your soul may live isaiah thirty twenty one says and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying this is the way walk in it when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left matthew writes he who has ears to hear let him hear And what sort of ears hear God's still, small voice? Those who listen for Him, who listen not to the winds of commotion, not to the quaking of chaos, not to the fires of distress, but to the whispers of the Holy Spirit within the depths of your heart. No matter the turmoil around you, within you cry out to him weep quietly to him then listen for his voice listen be still and know that i am god so says psalm 46 10 and you will know him by his comforting gentle, still, small voice. Shh. Release all other thoughts from your mind. Listen only to the silence. Listen only for your loving Father God's breath, his oh-so-soft whisper. Let everything else drift away as god cradles you in his hands gently rocking you to sleep sleep your dreams will be of him of his tender whispers like a gentle breeze caressing your skin rest now feel yourself drifting away on the soft breath of your loving creator Father God, Lord of heaven and earth, I ask that you now whisper into the heart and soul of this precious child tonight. Let them hear, truly hear, your words of loving kindness. Let them draw hope, encouragement, and fearless strength from hearing you from knowing you calm their spirit give them answers to troubling questions and guide their steps to your peace which transcends all understanding and the deep abiding joy that only you can bring in Jesus' loving name i pray Amen. Good night, sweet child. Until next time, may you continue to abide in Christ.